Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the second edition Mutants and Mastermind Rules by Green Ronin Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, someone else is in control. Thank you for joining us again another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I would normally be your keeper, Keeper Michael, but I am going to pass this off to our storyteller, James, because we have another episode of Chemical Burn to bring to you. So, James, take it away. Thank you, Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Old Ways Podcast, Chemical Burn, a Mutants Mastermind 2nd Edition game. I reassembled my awesome crew here, and we're going to just jump right back into it. I'm going to, uh, we're going to do a little, some introductions. So to my right. This is Morgan. I play Samantha Sinclair, otherwise known as Sam, and I am really strong now. So exciting. Next on the table. Hi, I am Allie. I play Ryan Pulesky, and I seem to be zapping mechanical things to life. You seem to, indeed. Uh, next seat. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm playing Darren Porter. And all I can say right now is I'm really falling for mutants and masterminds. I'm glad it has worked its way into the deep, deep pits of your heart. And lastly, at the table, but not leastly, of course. Hi, this is uh, Mike, and I'll be playing Miles Meadows, uh, erstwhile reporter from the Columbus Dispatch, who has recently seen ev- evidently some sort of corporate soldier or guard become literally a flaccid potato and is questioning his life choice, having driven to somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, to check out New Gen. That you did. So, getting back to our intrepid adventurers, Darren, you feel that pleasant stability under your feet leave as that primitive part of your brain realizes that you have nothing to hang on to as gravity does what gravity has done since the literal dawn of time and begins to pull you towards sweet, sweet Mother Earth. Can I jump to grab the cable? You can make me a reflex save. It would not be acrobatics in this case. It would be a reflex save as you were not anticipating it happening. Sam, you may also make me a reflex save in order to try to grab on to something. Okay. Wait, how much further do we have to fall? You're not sure. You do know that any, pretty much any distance would suck. I have a 16 reflex. Fantastic. And I have a 14. Darren, you barely manage to grab onto the cable of the elevator. And you slide about five, six feet down it with the one hand that you managed to grab onto it. It hurts like fire. It feels like your arm has been lit on fire. You can only imagine that there are now metal splinters deep inside of your hand. Sam, you've managed to grab a bar that is 
sticking off the side of the shaft. So you're now hanging from the inside of this elevator shaft. You're not entirely certain what your next action is going to be, but you do know that you're having no problem hanging here. You could hang here all day, possibly even literally. So are Darren and I, like, are we eye to eye? Yeah, you're, you're relatively equal. He's hanging in the middle of the shaft and you are now clinging to the side on the outside. Miles and Ryan, as you are just getting back into the Lambry Elementary School facility, you hear a loud metallic boom sound come from inside the facility. Doesn't sound like an explosion or like gunfire, though. Like a hollow metal bang or boom sound. Like from deeper in. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I look down at my phone. I'm at 28%. I flick on the flashlight. It illuminates the hallway a little. You and Ryan begin to walk down the hallway. Your phone drops, your battery drops to 27%. After about three feet. Wow, that's weird. And then 26%. And about every foot and a half to two feet, it drops another percent. Okay. Um, this place is chewing up my battery life for whatever reason. I'll go ahead and pull out my phone and see if it uh, if it's doing the same. No, your battery is fully charged, 100%. Huh. Well, here, use mine, and I'll give him my phone since he's leading the way. You hand him your phone. You hit the home button to get the light to come back on. It's currently at 26%. Oh, um, yeah, you're just about as bad as I am, huh? No, was that a hundred percent? I turn the phone face over and show Ryan the face of the phone. Doesn't seem like it. 26%. Huh, take it back. <laughs> Your screen flickers briefly and the battery bar says 100%. I think the the haze is playing tricks on us, probably. Maybe. I'll uh, turn on my flashlight and I'll lead the way since my phone is fully charged. You two utilizing Ryan's phone light to illuminate the hallway, which it does very readily. Extremely bright cell phone. You find an open elevator door. Looks like it was forced open. Hmm by two fairly strong linebackers. Oh, wow. Wow, what the heck? The metal panels are, in fact, slightly bent. Does it look like a, a, a big force impacted the doors and pushed them open, or is it something smaller? It looks like a team of maybe four firemen forced these two doors open. Wow, maybe they, maybe they do have more guards in here. Well, you hear somewhat faintly kind of the echoing sound of voices from down inside the elevator shaft. Darren and Sam, you are currently hanging. Darren, your hands are starting to hurt hanging here even more. Like they're, 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 that ache, that muscle ache is going on. You're not sure how much longer you're going to be able to hang here. All right. You all right, Sam? Um, I, I'm fine. Can we see the bottom of the shaft at all? With your eyes adjusting... You can. It looks to be about three more stories down. I try to, like, get the 
rope swinging a little bit. It's probably a pretty heavy cable, but mm-hmm. I try to swing. Do I think I can swing enough that I could jump to either the ladder or the, yeah, I guess the ladder. You got a, a little bit of swing going. You might be able to, to jump over to the ladder. You could give it a shot. You also know that if you fail it, you're probably going to go for a fairly interesting, I bet, brief ride. Hey, I mean, I just saw Sam jump 40 stories. I just saw Sam jump 40 feet. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go for it. OK, go ahead and make me an athletics. Role. Can I have acrobatics? Yeah, acrobatics would work. OK, it's actually still only going to be a 15. You swing out to it with a small amount of cable swing that you can get. Those of you on the top of the elevator shaft, Miles and Ryan, you see the cable swinging a little bit. And if you look down into the shaft with what little illumination you have, you see two figures. As you look, you see what you assume to be Darren leap from the cable. He lets go of the cable and sails the few feet across the elevator shaft to where the ladder is, promptly bounces off the ladder and plummets into the darkness. Sam, you also see that. You hear him hit one time on one side of the elevator shaft, and then you hear a thud at the bottom. Ah, am I able to jump over to the to the ladder? I don't think I want to jump down. Yeah, give me an acrobatics roll, DC 10. Acrobatics. All right. Mm-hmm. Darren, you land at the bottom of this shaft. Oh. You land in the wreckage of what used to be this elevator car, which has fallen the three stories and is now crumpled on the bottom. You feel yourself break through the metal ceiling and down into the actual car itself when you come to a rest on the bottom. You swear you feel your spine shatter, your ribs break as you go through, your organs rupture. You hit the ground and everything inside of you is screaming in agony. Shakily, you lift your hand and pat your chest, assuming you're going to be soaked in your own internal juices. All you feel is sweat. That CIA woman made it look easier. You sit up. You don't have a scratch on you. Maybe you fell through a hole in in the elevator car. Sam, you hear a groan from down in the elevator car. Did I make it to the ladder? Sorry, what did you roll? It was an 18. Oh, yeah, easy. You grab it with three fingers and scurry down like a squirrel. Yeah, I start rushing down and and looking down. Darren? Darren, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think so. I... I shouldn't be. Uh, okay. I, I, you gotta show me how to do that landing sometime. Sure. If I can figure it out, uh, without breaking an elevator, I grab the sides of the the ladder. I, I take my feet on the outside and just slide the rest of the way down. You get to the bottom without a problem, except that your hands are on fire by the time you get down there. That hurts like a bastard. 
once you get to the bottom, you look at your palms and the the uh, paint, the chipped paint and stuff on the ladder has actually taken most of the skin off of your palms. Yeah, that that hurts. But you get down pretty quick. Yeah, I, I take off my I'm I'm wearing like a flimsy like over shirt. I, like, yeah, but I have a t-shirt underneath. So I take off that and I rip the the sleeves off of both if I can, and then just wrap it around my hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you two at the top of the shaft doing? Just looking over the edge. That's a dark hole. Do they, we see their flashlights? There's a very bright LED light at the top of the shaft. Even from this distance, it's pretty bright. Uh, hello? Hello? Is, it, is that the guard? Uh, Miles? No, man, the guard's like a souffle outside. Are you okay? Well, we we made it. We, Sam, is this the research facility down here? We, we made it down, at least. Yeah, I, th- I think we're at the bottom. We just gotta find a way to get out the door. Do you guys see any other ways down? I look around. Do you? Because I don't know if I, I don't know if I know that Ryan's with him. So yeah, you, I'll uh, I'll shine my very bright flashlight around. You don't see another way down other than this elevator shaft uh, and the ladder, the utility ladder inside. Hey, uh, watch out! the The seventh rung is missing. Oh, um, uh, okay, thanks. I'll uh, te- look at the ladder in general and just kind of test its its worthiness. Oh yeah, this is like C-clamp, look like staples, big rebar staples set into concrete, essentially. This feels pretty safe, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna look around and see if there's any, like, dry spare cloth that I can wrap around my hands. Yeah, after a moment or two, you find a uh, maintenance cart just around in one of the rooms that's got just utility towels and stuff on it. So yeah, you can wrap a, you can wrap a cloth around your hands. Cool. I'm going to do that. Good cool. And down you guys go? Indeed. Yep. Okay. Takes you a few minutes to climb. I mean, you know, probably about five, six minutes to climb down, to carefully climb down the ladder to the bottom of... And then another few minutes to actually climb through the crumpled opening in the elevator car if you are going inside of it. Yeah, I would imagine so. It's probably the only way into the... to, to continue on the path, yeah? It would seem, yes. Once you guys get down in there, Sam, have you tried to open the door? I have not, but I can start now, or try now. Okay. I just stand aside this time, after you. Let's <laughs> be fail. He steps to the side and says, after you, and then seems to be watching intently what Sam is doing. <laughs> um, all right, so is that a, stra- that's a strength roll, right? Or- mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a three. Woo. Okay. It takes a moment. And she puts her hands in the door and nothing happens. Like they're literally the doors don't move. You, you, you feel a little confused because it was so easy before. Then you plant your feet, put your hands on it and concentrate like you were doing before. And rather than slide the doors aside, she peels them out. 
like she was opening them like French doors. Wow. You notice that she's, she doesn't seem to notice it, but she's shaking and there is a like sheen of sweat on her brow and it doesn't seem like it's from physical exertion, like weightlifters get. It's almost like her heart rate has elevated. Kind of like you get the caffeine sweats. Yeah. Yeah, All the time. Oh, yeah. I open it up as far as, you know, to let us all through. Oh, yeah. Pretty easily. You've been working out? Like I told Darren, apparently I've been drinking my milk. That's what happened to that seventh rung up there on the ladder. I need to drink milk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did hear you say that the guard is no more, correct? Uh, yeah, he kind of melted. Have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Um, yes. Yeah, he kind of melted. uh, Ish. Sort of. It's hard to explain. My brain's trying desperately not to even think about it. Well, I mean, it's very very sad that he um, passed away, unfortunately. Did you happen to grab his gun? What? No. Okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. (laughs) But alright, so I I poke my head out the the elevator shaft into the hallway. This hallway looks nothing like the rest of the hallways. First of all, it's lit. Second of all, it's white and mostly featureless. White linoleum with small black specks, white walls, fluorescent lights on the ceiling. There are metal doors on either side, and each one has a laboratory number on it, as in lab one, lab two, lab three. At the end of the hallway, after three doors on either side, so it looks like there's three laboratories on either side. You see at the end, there's a larger thick metal door and next to it is a glass pane and an intercom system. Inside, there is a man in a lab coat, glasses, kind of thick, receding hairline, sitting behind a desk and he's looking at a computer screen and doing some typing as you guys walk up. Kind of like look a little deeper in. What the? I knock on the glass window. Without looking up, he raises his left hand and just holds up one finger as he finishes typing with his right hand. You see there's blood on his hand and some down his arm. It's some of it's dried. He finally gets done typing, pushes the intercom speaking button. Can I help you? Yes, um, we are here about Project Samotha. His brow furrows. How do you know about Project Samotha? Uh, so how about you tell us a little bit more about the project and what happened here? You see his right hand slowly inch towards a pistol that's sitting on the desk to his right. Yeah, I immediately duck. Who's looking through the glass window and who's looking at the hallway? Oh, I am looking through the glass window at what this guy is doing because he seems like someone who knows what's going on and the whole finger raising thing only tells me that um, he's he's used to having control over situations so he probably has some information and so my mind is probably just going 100 miles a minute I was looking at the hallway the lab doors but I I wonder if I somehow just knew he was reaching for the pistol Possibly. How about you, Ellie? Would you, uh... I'm definitely looking in the window. Looking in the window? Okay. 
then everyone who's looking in the window directly, I need you to make me a notice roll. Andrew, I need you to make me a different notice roll as you're checking out the hallway. I have a 17 notice in the hallway. Okay, fantastic. I have a 12 in the window. Okay. I have a 24 in the window. Damn. Uh, Mine is a 12. Okay, so, Miles, you are concentrating on the, the individual. So you actually overlook the thing that Sam and Ryan both pick up on. On the far left side of the window, and you have to crane your head like really close to the glass and look around the edge. You see a foot in an expensive loafer and slacks. It's laying on the floor. You're seeing the bottom leg of a body. Andrew, what Darren sees is that on the left side of the hallway, on the doors, there's a little keypad on each door that accesses them. The doors, lights click from red to green. All of them. Like, down the hallway. The first set closest to you, then the middle set, then the furthest set. Handy. Miles, he puts his hand on the gun. He doesn't even pick it up. And he looks back at Sam. I, I really would prefer if you could tell me everything you know about Project Simosa. Am I able to infer based on what happened here? Like, what's what's happened so far? Uh, well, I mean, you could you could tell him what you think has happened. Okay. So go ahead. So what I think is that you guys had a project go wrong, a biological project, and now we have people dying outside that aren't the right mix biologically, and they're reacting to whatever it is you guys were creating in here. His head tilts to the side a little, as if he's considering your words very carefully. You're not far off. It was supposed to be a test, but it was never supposed to be this big. Hmm. But I suppose that's the best part of a test, isn't it? Is 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 if it if it exceeds your expectations, then the project can be considered a success. I suppose. He leans back in his chair. What's your name? I'm Sam. Dr. Patterson. Does your first name start with a W? It's Walter Patterson. I pull uh, the cell phone out of my my pocket along with the note from from him. Did, did you send this to me? And I push it up against the glass. He looks at the paper and there is a, a glint of recognition in his face. But when he looks at the phone, no recognition. Miles, make me a notice roll. DC, like, seven. Seven or eight. Hey, look at that. I pass. Fantastic. It's odd, but with the few stickers on the back of the phone and and the chip on the top, you've seen that phone before. You've seen that phone in person before. The phone that Sam is holding is your friend Thomas's phone. You're pretty sure. That's Tom's phone. I press my face probably just a little closer to the glass. Not like school bus, like plaster yet, but like I'm really trying to figure out what the hell is going. How did you get his phone? It looks like it's locked currently with a a password. Tom's Tom's the one that told me about this place. He's the one that hands the story off to me. Is is he okay? Like my voice gets probably very erratic. I I don't know. I, I got this in the mail and with the address 
the phone, the note from Dr. Patterson. I do you know the do you know the code to get on this phone? Uh, no, I mean. <laughs> do you know your friend's birthday? Maybe it's his birthday. Mm, he's born April fourth. Um, must have been, I imagine, eighty three, maybe eighty four. Do you try o four eight three? Yes. Uh, it does unlock. Sweet. All right. So, I mean, I don't know what even know where to go from. Is it what kind of phone is it? Uh, it's an Android phone. Um, is there any, is there any like notes, sticky notes on there, like, or I, uh, is there anything that like jumps out at me? There is a like a new image and indicator on the gallery. Okay. Uh feel a little weird. Um, I, I, I hand the phone over to uh, Miles. Um, yeah, um, looks like there's a new image. Do you want to... I, I don't want to intrude on your friend, but, I mean, you know him. Well, I mean, I'm gonna... I'll just... I turn the phone away. Listen, we don't know what kind of life he led. I, I, I begin swiping on the phone. God, knowing... Having no idea what I might encounter as I go through it. Yeah, I, I want to see the video. All right. Well, you open the gallery section, or the galleries app, and you find the typical flotsam and jetsam of a bachelor journalist's phone. So, of course, there's memes, there's nudes, there's articles. But the most recent thing saved on the phone is a video. Okay. I tap into the video. Okay. It is a video of... Looks like a, a, a dark, like a desert location. There's soot and smoke everywhere. People in hazmat suits tromping through the wreckage of what looks to be like maybe it was a, a strip mall or a motel or something. Suddenly, one of the men stops. We have a sample over here. And then something grabs his arm and he begins to twitch, violently twitch and shake. Something looks like it has pierced right through the hazmat suit's arm. Hmm. And he begins to, like, violently twitch and shake. And then he stands completely still. And then the suit collapses. You hear people reacting violently, of course. You know, get that man under quarantine. Get, I, need a, I need a lab over here. The last thing you see is a new-gen truck as men are running back and forth and the video and you hear someone say what the hell is he doing here and then the video stops ow right, after we watch it I, I knock on the glass again is Dr. Patterson still paying attention to us or is he doing his own thing he has and while you were watching the video he has slid the gun closer and is it is now in front It in his lap he is holding it with his right hand Dr. Patterson, what what is this on the video? Well, that's just the thing. We're not sure. We don't know where it came from. We just know what it does. It has amazing regenerative abilities and its ability to change the biological form of things that it encounters is staggering. 
busy word. Awe-inspiring would be another one. Hellish is probably the best way to put it, though. Is it here? Is that is that thing here? In your lab? Oh, yeah. Of course it's here. It's all around you. He very slowly ejects the clip from the gun and looks at it. You see, as he's looking, there's only a couple of rounds missing. He slides it back into the gun. Of course, I didn't mean any harm. He seems to be regarding this gun with some amount of judgment, like he's weighing options. Hey, you don't you don't want to do that. Don't do anything crazy in there. I, I think we're I think we're well past that, don't you? What what can you tell us about this thing that's in here? What what where'd it come from? I suppose there's no harm in telling you. I'm not sure. It's an organism. It's well no. It's a colony of organisms. It reproduces. It's aggressive. We know that. Do you know where Cybothwad is? Um, I kind of screw up my face a little bit. I'm. I don't think so. It's a bug. It's a little insect. About. He holds his fingers up, no more than like half an inch across. No more than this big, and it eats the tongue of a fish, and it replaces it, climbs onto the base, and literally becomes the new tongue. It's amazing, really. And this, this organism is so much more amazing. Because it, it doesn't just replace the tongue. Oh, anyway. And he lifts the gun up. He starts bringing it up to his no. head. Mike, I need Stop. you to make me a willpower yeah. roll. Down. That's not okay. That's a 19, so with my bonus, I have 22. Fantastic. Okay, so what Darren, Ryan, and Sam see is Miles says no and puts his hand against the glass and then his head dips forward as if he his body almost completely relaxes he went limp like a toddler in a tantrum his body completely goes slack the only reason he's still standing is that portion of him is on the top of the counter Miles you find yourself on the other side of the glass Mm -hmm. all right Everything is gray. There's a sound. You're not sure what that is, but it's distracting. You can see Darren, and you can see Ryan, and you can see Sam on the other side of the glass. They seem washed out. Half there. In fact, as you look around, you seem, you feel like you're the only real person in this room. You also see a body slumped on the counter on the other side of the glass. I'll go over to it. You have seen this body a thousand times in the mirror every morning, every night when you shave. It's you. I turn back around to the inside of the room. Mm -hmm. You can see the Dr. Patterson is lifting the gun towards his head. It seems to be happening in a thick, slow motion. Everything's moving through pancake syrup. I'll step over and put a hand on his shoulder as if to reassure him suddenly with a dizzying rush you find yourself still in the same room still staring at yourself 
everything seems in color again. Your body hurts. You feel sadness and regret and some amount of anger. You can see three people on the other side of the glass and one body slumped forward. In your right hand, you're holding a gun. I look down at the gun and consider it. The hand that's holding it is older. It's wearing an expensive watch. You can smell cordite and blood in here. I'll put the gun out of my reach, like on the desk and step back, and then turn back okay. to the glass. Sure. And kind of step over to the three of them at the glass. Mm-hmm. And say, three of you, you see Dr. Patterson step towards the glass. It's going to be okay. You just kind of give a, like a, you know, like a quizzical look, like, okay. What did he do to Miles? I didn't do anything to Miles. I am Miles. I look at Miles. I look at the old guy. I look back at Miles. <laughs> I'm going to put my hand on Miles' shoulder. First of all, you know that his heart rate is steady but slow. You could actually okay. tell it out by beat. In fact, you can feel it. And then you put your hand fully on his back. Miles, you feel like you're being drugged across a football field at 60 miles an hour, and you find yourself standing back on the other side of the glass. Ugh. There's a zot sound and a white-hot feeling on the middle of your back. Oh, I grab my back. Ow, ow. What did you do? Darren and Sam, you both hear what appears to be Ryan use a taser on on Miles, and then he snaps too. Dr. Patterson, his eyes roll up and he crumples to the floor inside the office. <laughs> He's still alive. He's laying there drooling. Rub my back. Jeez. Well, that went better than I expected. Yeah, are, are you okay? I, I think so. Um... I don't know. It's hard to explain. But it seems like you were in his body. He was really old. Well, he is really old. <laughs> Do you know what old skin feels like? No. Oh, no. God. <laughs> no, but you now could have at least. Uh, yeah, you could have at least opened the door while you were in there. I would have. I turn and look at Ryan. I didn't. I didn't know if you were dead. Speaking of which, I think the doctor might have opened some of these lab doors before he pulled that little stunt. I gesture at the green. When you look back, the middle door on the left side, something has leaked out from underneath the door and is steadily growing up the bottom of the door. It looks like veins. Like if you took veins out of a body and, and had them grow like ivy. Uh, is there a uh, anything electrical leading into the room where the where Dr. Patterson was? Like are a, you like a key swipe or something? Oh yeah, there's a key swipe on the door. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch where the key swipe would be. Give me a permanent roll for what you have if you get my drift there. Uh, twenty. Fantastic. Ryan puts his hand on the keypad gently, like. He was just feeling the texture of it. And there is a and a puff of that magic blue-white smoke that makes all computers run. And the door clicks open. I think I might be figuring this out. You have a serious electroshock problem? 
We got to get you a grounding device. Pretty much. We got to get out of this hallway. I start backing toward the open door. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going into that room. Okay. As you walk into the room, Ryan can feel the ebb and flow of electrical current through these computers and into the conduits in the walls, as if you could see them. Cool. You know that they trail away and that they mostly trail further into the complex. Most of the cables to these computers go further into the complex, not deeper, laterally further in. Probably shouldn't touch those. Well, I mean, you can. It's totally up to you. You guys enter this room. Again, the computers are whirring. There's a long hallway afterwards. As you step around the corner, you see a man in a suit has been shot in the temple, and he's laying on the floor. He's wearing a badge that has a seal on it and NSA printed at the top. And then in the middle of that seal, there is an upside down triangle. Hmm. So, so like a door badge? more like an, a visitor identification badge. What's it say on there? It looks like it maybe as a security badge, like it could be used to swipe doors. Could I grab the pistol from Dr. Patterson's body as we go through his office? Yeah, it's uh, actually on the desk still. Yeah, you pick it up. Good pistol. Um, uh, only missing a shot or two. Oh, well. We know what happened. Yeah. Doctor did a little house cleaning, huh? So I assume you guys are heading further down into the bowels of this place. Ryan, can you close that door behind us? Uh, I can, I can try. I walk back over and, and touch it again. You put your hand on the security system and you think you fried it the first time. So you're pretty sure there's no way to engage it. What's happening in the hallway? Are the veins spreading up? Now they're not just growing, they're growing in a pulsating way, almost exponentially. They'll stop briefly and then they'll pulse and they'll grow two or three times the size and then they'll pulse again and grow again. Almost in the rhythm of a heartbeat. We should probably go. You see them spreading over the other doors. As you turn back towards the group, Ryan, you see other doors at the far end open and three gentlemen with automatic weapons dressed very much like the guards that you had met earlier file into the other end of the hallway. They see you and without hesitating, begin to fire at the window that you are standing behind. The gunshots are muffled, but the glass breaking sound is very clear. Oh, shit. That's another way to do it. Are we running? Uh, it's, time yeah. to, it's time to run. <laughs> Can I get off one shot at these guys? You could totally try, yeah. All right, I'd do that to cover us. Excellent. Make me a firearms roll while the rest of you are running down this hallway. Okay, it's an unfamiliar gun. I rolled a two. That gives me a nine. I have a feat. <laughs> Beats don't fail me now. You fire the gun twice. More of a victory pop than anything. However, the, the morale effect on these soldiers is... Uh, pretty obvious as they seem a lot less foolhardy of just standing in a group and firing at you. They take cover on either sides of the hallway. Unfortunately for the ones on the left side of the hallway, you see them shuffle up and one of them touches the veins. He begins to scream 
as they very quickly burrow into the parts of him that they touched, just seconds later, come out the other side of him, fastening him to the wall. Luckily, I don't see any of that, because I am, like, arms akimbo down the road. The other three of you have, however, Darren gets to keep that memory with him uh, for a while as you catch up with the rest of them. He seems shaken, a little pale. When you catch up with them, the other three of you have arrived at a fairly large set of double security doors. They are ajar a little bit. There is a cold fog coming out of the room. The lights are off. The switch is outside. Yeah, I mean, turn on the switch. Okay. You flip on the switch and the lights uh, one by one down the length of the room. Ryan, that in itself is actually quite pleasant. Every time one of those banks of lights comes on, you can feel more of the room ahead of you. Mm-hmm. What you feel is a fairly large, several hundred feet long, 20 feet high room that is kept refrigerated. There is a catwalk around the other top side. And in the middle of the room, free from any other obstacles or anything, you can only call it a containment unit. Inside is a hazmat suit that is moving, not in a way that humans would move. It has a very fluid movement as it stands there. Looking at the four of you and a shiver goes through it and it goes from feet to head. The whole body moves in a wave from the bottom to the top and back down. I will describe that to the rest of the group. Dee describes this to you without you even having to see, without you having seen into the room. He tells you exactly what Dee feels is going to be in that room. He has his hand on the wall and is casually describing to you with a almost daydreaming look What you're seeing, Ryan, in your head is security screens. All right. Ryan describes to you the contents of this room. How do you know that? I can see it all. That is really cool. So can we go in? Yeah, and without the tasing effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's make sure we don't get locked in the room because I would really, really hate to die here. Are the guards closing behind us? Whatever they're firing at is not at you, but they're not gone. We better keep moving along here. You guys entering this large research unit? Yeah, I think so. As opposed to waiting for men with automatic weapons to come kill us? Yes. I mean, it seems like a much more viable option. What about the pulsing veins? You favor those? Well. We don't want to touch those, do we? I don't want Actually, to Actually, I've never turned down some good pulsing. Right. Wow. Actually, speaking of, are these veins on the, the veins are on the outside as well? Yes. Huh. If this thing has veins, then it's got to have a center, a core, a brain, whatever this thing is, it's got to come from something, right? Unless it's a plant. I step inside. Where I'm touching, if I wanted to tap into all the electronics and stuff behind that and send... A surge? Would it go through the entire system, or would I actually be able to direct it? You think you could direct it, but it would take some intense concentration, as it's like sprinting when you just learned to walk. Mm -hmm. So maybe, but 
if you don't, you're probably going to fry the whole system. Well, Miss Strongarm, would you mind just making sure that these doors are uh, unable to move? Like after we open it or right now? Ever again. <laughs> oh. Oh, you want me to? Okay. We want to make sure they can't close? Um, Correct. Sure. So I'll roll for my strength and I'll add that rank to it. Right? Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> All right. I got a 19. All right. <laughs> Woo! You tear the doors open and with a bit of a twist of both of your wrists, you also feel them detach from the top hinges. These large security doors don't seem to present her much problem. Marvelous. Listen, I don't know if the CIA is feeding, feeding these people, but we have to get that in the open market because about... Anyway. It's all organic. All organic food. <laughs> all organic, baby. So, you guys get into this room. What Ryan did not describe to you, however, was the corpuscular influence of the floor and walls here. Reaching out from this containment unit in the center are wrist size tubes of a pulsating organic material. They look like veins if you removed veins and made them much, much larger. Hmm. They seem to go into the organism that's in the middle of this. Whatever is inside that hazmat suit that seems to be twitching and almost undulating inside of this tube. What do you guys do? I think we might have found your center, Miles. All right, well, let's reach out and touch someone. Or light it on fire. I think we should light it all on fire. Wait, why? Why? Do we want to save this thing? We don't know what this thing is. Oh. See, this is the problem with, with, with the CIA. They want to set everything on fire. Listen, I don't even work for the CIA anymore. Oh, so that was all just a bunch of... Crap, to make sure we didn't get shot? Yes, you're welcome. I walk over to the tank. Take a, a deeper look. Okay. Are you trying to do what you did before? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, the veins are in the tank. They are not coming through the glass part of the tank where you can see it. It looks like they have actually broken through the bottom part of the floor, uh, maybe through a ventilation system or something, and are emanating up out through the floor. Yeah, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and see if I can get a better idea of what, what this is. I mean, I reached out before, so maybe it'll work. All right, go ahead and make yourself a roll, sir. A direct rank check versus power? Yep. Okay, so 19. Oh, fantastic. Miles' body, as he, he puts his hands against the tank, he slumps forward to his knees so that his body almost looks like he's praying on the, the, the one step that this containment unit is sitting on. His body relaxes, his hands slide down the side of the tank. Miles... You, again, find yourself in that gray, washed-out space with that obnoxious sound of insects buzzing coming from somewhere nearby, but you don't actually see any insects. 
you look up at this entity and here it is bigger and it is not shaped like a person you can't see the containment unit it's a large undulating mass as parts of its what would be its torso constantly split off into these ropey whip-like appendages that will snap out and then be quickly reabsorbed, sometimes reabsorbed, sometimes devoured by uh, what looks like a mouth that forms to eat them. It towers over you. The only thing that's allowing you to remain is whatever this is, you know it doesn't have a physical form. I suppose it's kind of comforting to know that the sheer terror that my mind is probably going through is uh, at least the physical part of the reaction is not available at the moment. Not so much. Let me ask you a question, Jim. Am I constrained mm-hmm. by gravity anymore? Are you trying to be not constrained by gravity? Yeah, no, I want to go up and see this the top of this thing and see where it goes. All right, with barely a thought, you half feel your feet leave the ground as you float upward like you're in a dream. This twisting shape at the top keeps forming features, facial features, but none of them in the same order or arrangement that you are used to or find pleasant. Hmm. So if I get close to one of these thicker veins, can I get a rough idea of the impression it leaves behind? Like the doctor left an impression when I, when I touched his arm, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do the same. Okay. You reach out to touch this colorless, this swirling entity. And with a yawning shift of reality, you find yourself looking out through multiple eyes, not just two, but seven or nine. You feel thoughts flood through your head that have no descriptions, none that you could put into human words without rendering your throat bloody, trying to form them. You feel the laws of reality as mere suggestions And you feel that this is only the tip. This is only the front edge of the storm. This is only the end of the blade. This is the little toe. And And then you find yourself in your body again. Like like you were thrown like a softball. (laughs) Okay. I imagine my body probably jerks with the impact. Oh, yeah. He literally shoots backwards from the cylinder and lands on his back as if he had been kicked in the chest. The three of you see that. I, uh, I rub my head. I probably hold my head. He's holding his head in much the same way that you saw someone earlier doing, Ryan. It gives you unfortunate flashbacks to the gentleman who came out of the scooter earlier. And for a moment, you're afraid to have him look up while he's holding his head. But he does. Do I see that standing in the hallway? Because I haven't moved. 
you see that part. Because if you still have your hand on the wall, you can still see the security cameras. Okay. Great. I don't want to look at them anyway. No, good call. All right, I rush over to, to Miles. You know, I, I don't touch him or anything, but are, are you okay? Oh, uh, I, uh, whatever that thing is, it's it's only the beginning. So can we light it on fire now? Absolutely. I stand back up. I've got the gun trained on it, I say. Are you serious? Light it up? Uh, wait, it's still in the containment unit. Garen, you hear a door at the far end of the hallway outside. Uh, it sounds like it gets kicked open. All right, well, I spin around with the gun trained on that. This is uh, er, uh, uh, Ryan. You also see them kick the door open at the far end of the hallway. It's two of the armed soldiers at the end of the hallway. You know that there were more earlier, but there seem to be less now. I'm going to close my eyes and tap into, like, directly into the the electrics and send out a shockwave just through everything I can reach. All right, give me a roll. That sounds tasty. Uh, 22. With a 22, Ryan puts both of his hands on the wall with a grunt of exertion there is a and a white light at the far end of the hallway. You hear two bodies fall to the ground and that unmistakable smell of burnt hair. The bodies lay there for a moment twitching and, and shaking. Ryan, you can tell from this distance that they're dead. There's more than a stun. They just and they have been fried. Like I wasn't trying to control um, like which way it went I was just sending it out through the whole thing so what happens when it goes the other way towards whatever's in that big containment in the in the room <laughs> therein lies the other problem as with a the other part of that loud crack sound and the lights inside of here go off and you guys hear the sound of large capacitors powering down and then red lights come on and you start hearing Oh. That didn't go according to plan. Sam, you're still looking for one of those rifles? Uh yeah. I run over to I run over to the two bodies. I grab the two rifles. Mm -hmm. I come running back. Automatic rifle in each hand. Toss one to Sam. I catch it. I, I put it or I'm assuming it has a strap. I I, I toss it around the back of me. Ryan, you don't seem like you need this pistol. You want one, Miles? You know how to use one of these? No, I've never touched a gun in my life. I'm not going to start today. Is there anything in the room? I, I, I know there's probably very little light now. Um, is there anything in the room that has, like, you know, that says it's highly, something's highly flammable that we can burn light on fire? Oh, absolutely. Most of the large tanks in here have the big the big red and white extremely flammable warning label on them. In fact, you are hard, having a hard time finding any of the tanks in here that don't have the giant warning label on them. Some of them say oxygen. Some of them just say explosive. Great. Um, so, yeah. Is there any of the, like, since it's a lab, they have, like, the Bunsen burners and stuff like that mm -hmm. and, and the things that, mm -hmm. like, the lighters for them? Mm-hmm. 
that you can just turn on and keep on. Are, are we lighting this place up? I think we need to light this place up. We don't need to worry about it. There's a there's a self-destruct going off in a couple minutes. We need to get out of here. Oh. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> you know which way to go? Can you see a map? Can you see any way out of here that doesn't take us back to that vein hallway? Nope. Ryan, you're checking the system layout in your head, and you can't think, you can't see if an exit that doesn't take you down that hallway and up the elevator. Yeah. But the elevator doesn't work. Unless we go through the doors that the security came through, is there an elevator that's that way? You don't see one. Not that I can see. Is the elevator completely broken? Oh yeah. The car came detached from the cable and crashed to the bottom. But we could take the ladder up, though. You could climb the ladder up. Do the mechanics still work on it, though? Oh, the mechanics seem to, yeah. It'll still pull the cable up. Oh, perfect. Let's go back to the elevator. Perfect broken elevator. Lead the way. All right. So you guys travel back through the office. Well, hold up. Hold up. Should we grab Dr. Patterson and bring him with? Since, you know, Miles, like, saved him from shooting himself in the head. He's not there. Oh. Well, never mind. Dr. Patterson's body is not there. Invasion of the pod people. Let's go. Carry on. You get to the hallway. The entire left wall is now covered in this red, veiny substance. We're all going to need to grab onto the to the cables to the elevator. Okay. I think we got to get through this hall first. Is there room for us to, like, shimmy down the side without touching the vein wall? With a successful acrobatics roll for all four of you, you could get down this hallway without stumbling into the veiny red shit. There's a the large clump of it on the left side of the hallway that looks like it used to be a soldier. Could, could I zap it? You could totally try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to zap it. <laughs> right. Okay. I cocked the rifle. as backup plan. <laughs> That's only a sixteen. Okay. Ryan crouches down next to the veins and puts his hand right above them. There is a bright white arc and a sizzling that also has that vague chlorinated smell that you guys had earlier. The outer edges of this red veiny substance seem to recoil and maybe give you enough time to get through, but it looks like Ryan can only do this for a very short time. Go, 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 go. Yep. yep. All right. Acrobatics for the other three of you. Yep, I already got a 21. Sam did. All right. This is totally going to go badly for me. I got a 24. Fantastic. Uh, 20 for acrobatics. Excellent. I got a 19. All right. All of you really want to get out of here. <laughs> yes. Okay. You managed to slide by the red veiny substances which as you get close to them you realize that the ends of each one of these little tubes is opening and closing and as you walk by the ends of the tube seem to follow you like they were looking at you or sensing you yeah no I uh, totally totally ignore that you get to the other end of the hallway we, we all need to get up onto the roof of the elevator 
grab onto the cords and I should be able to activate stuff to pull us up to pull us up. Is that what you guys are doing? Climbing into the elevator and up onto the roof? Yep. Yeah, I mean Brian's presented a pretty a pretty good plan as far as Miles is concerned, so Sure. You get up to the cable, you grab on, and Ryan, you begin to for you force the system to reboot the pulley at the top of the shaft. And it begins to pull all of you up. You get three quarters of the way up the shaft, and Miles, your hand spasms. You need to make me a reflex save. Can I make one to grab him? You totally can. If he falls, he won't be okay. Miles, your hand lets go involuntarily, and you begin to plummet. You you feel your life begin to flash in front of your eyes when a hand grabs you by the wrist, and you find yourself hanging with Darren's other hand holding the cable. You got me. I got you. I got you into this. I'll get you out. You finally get to the top and hoist yourselves out of the elevator shaft, Ryan and Sam. Finally, Darren reaches the top and hoists Miles up first before climbing his own way up out of the elevator shaft. Ryan, you with your climb and the top, you figure you have about 30 seconds left to get out of the building. Everybody run. I, I turn on I turn on the neon flashlight on my phone and just book <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. The lights bouncing and flashing back and forth as you for run down this hallway. As you breach the doorway, two things happen almost simultaneously. One, your eyes adjust to the outside dimness and you see 20 or 30 individuals pointing weapons from across this field at the side of the school. There are at least three military Humvees here and one helicopter whose blades have just started to slow down. And you think to yourself, that's unfortunate, as everything goes silent for a second. And then as you are now 15, 20 feet across the field, you are flattened by the force of this school ceasing to be a school. This is the second time today you've been thrown to the ground by an explosion, and frankly, you're getting a little tired of it. But you are flattened by the force of a white-hot explosion. Bits and pieces land, rubble lands around you. There is fire all around you as soldiers grab you and begin dragging you out to the outer edge of this field. It looks like between the explosion in the lab downstairs and these soldiers have perhaps been firing things at the school or had set up explosive charges as there are multiple smaller reports after the big report. You see parts of the building of this elementary school falling down into it, like it's collapsing inward on itself. And in amongst the sound of the explosion is a high-pitched, shrill 
bellow. A scream, if you will, that it doesn't come from the sound of rushing air. It doesn't come from metal fatigue. That is something else. A sound that shivers you all the way down to your core. The four of you are currently laying on the ground, smoldering smoke around you. The military, the soldiers are pointing rifles at you. You hear as they are surrounding you currently and putting handcuffs on you and lifting you up. You hear someone say, take them to the glass house. What were you taking? And that's where we're going to close it for tonight. Thank you guys for joining us. I thank you, my players, uh, for this brief little sojourn. I want to thank you, patron backers, for joining us especially. I thoroughly enjoyed having Andrew and Allie here this evening. You are both, of course, welcome at my table anytime. Thank you for having us. Awesome story. Thank you. Thank you so much.